In our society driven by evolution, human life is not valued as it should be. Abortion is a sad result of this disrespect, costing millions of innocent babies their very lives and scarring those who've made the wrong choice. Abortion severely affects women both physically and psychologically and, of course, spiritually. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. Mankind is God's supreme creation, made in the Creator's own image and complete with a soul that will exist forever. Why then does society place so little value on human life, destroying children before they're born? And what about the mother who has her baby aborted? Is she also a victim of society's disregard for the sanctity of life? Stay tuned for the next 15 minutes as we focus on abortion's victims of the wrong choice. We've all heard an unborn child referred to as a blob of tissue, a group of cells, or just a fetus. But as Dr. John Wilkie, medical doctor and president of International Right to Life, tells us, each child is complete and fully human long before birth. It is completely impossible, factually, to draw a line in time and say that before this, this was not human life. After this, he or she was. When we were yet a single cell, we were human. 46 human chromosomes. We weren't monkeys. We weren't carrots. We were either boys or girls, X and Y chromosomes, right at the beginning. And furthermore, we were complete, for nothing was added to the single cell whom you and I once were. Nothing except nutrition and oxygen. For contained within that single cell was everything we are today. The color of your hair, the size of your shoes, the fact that you might get your parents' diabetes when you're 50. All of this was there when you were a single cell. And that's an incontrovertible scientific fact. No one can deny that. ICR researcher and biologist Dr. Dan Criswell says scientists and medical doctors know an unborn child is indeed alive. Nevertheless, there are a couple of different ways they justify abortion on demand. Abortion has to do with a woman's right to do what she wants with her body. A good example to kind of contrast this is that when we talk about doing research on embryos, it's illegal to do research on an embryo. And you would think that that would be okay because abortion is legal. But abortion is about a woman's right to use her body as she sees fit. And if she doesn't want to carry that pregnancy, then she has a right to an abortion. Another argument that is used in the defense of murdering an unborn baby is that the entity within the womb is not considered a person or a human being with rights. Dr. Wilkie explains. If you listen carefully, they say, but this is not yet a person. Okay, now then you have to say, well, will you please define person? And they define person as you and me, as a living human, after we plant it inside of our mother's womb. Or later, they'll say, this is not a person until there is cognition, until there is internal reasoning. This is not a person 
until you can respond to a painful stimulus. This is not a person until you're of a certain age or weight. This is not a person until, 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 until. Dr. Chriswell. Many scientists view it as a stage of evolution where the individual is developing into a human being. And so a person doesn't truly reach human status until they've reached a particular point of cognitive development. Each scientist has a different opinion. Some of them, like Peter Singer, considers an individual not to be human until well after they're born, until some type of development, cognitive development, exhibits human behaviors. And so this question of when do we become human is left open to scientific interpretation. Abortion in and of itself saddens and angers many right-to-life people. But another problem is how the government protects certain animal species while human life is of no concern. Dr. Criswell attributes this to the belief in evolution. From a secular scientific perspective, we're no different than the animal kingdom. And there's plenty of human beings on the planet. But there are many animals that are endangered species. So considering that humans are just glorified animals in a sense, we're just farther along in our evolutionary development, then many people view humans as having no particular uh, special rights over animals. So the justification of protecting certain animals while allowing abortion is based on, well, we have lots of human beings. We don't need to worry about humans going extinct. So the ethics are determined by numbers, not on humans being a special creation in the image of God versus animals not being. What determines what is right is how many of each are there. Abortion is an ugly reality and a horrific form of child abuse. Although unborn babies are the main victims of this ghastly procedure, the mothers that abort them are victims themselves in several different ways. Concerned Women for America President Wendy Wright explains. Abortion severely affects women both physically and psychologically and, of course, spiritually. There can be the immediate physical effects of hemorrhaging or infection that can end up being deadly, and that's if the abortion is legal or not. The abortion advocates claim that the way to have a safe abortion is to make it legal. But as we have found in the United States and in numerous other countries that have made uh, abortion decriminalized, that women still suffer serious effects of it. In fact, women still die from abortions. So it's a dangerous procedure. But on top of that, psychologically, it's very damaging to women. There have been numerous studies, but one that has been a definitive study from New Zealand a researcher followed women of a certain age for 25 years and looked over their medical records and discovered that women who had abortions were at much higher risk of suffering severe psychological problems, depression, even attempted suicide and suicide. So abortion does have a dramatic effect on women psychologically. On top of that, we know spiritually because it is a sin. It's the taking of innocent life, the shedding of innocent blood. And the Bible is very strong about how wrong it is to shed innocent blood. And 
and refers to it as something that pagans do in idol worship. And here, uh, even in the United States, we hear, the, in a sense, the idol of convenience. However, there is a remedy for the spiritual wound that abortion inflicts upon women. Spiritually, it has an effect on women, but thankfully, Jesus Christ died for our sins. And there are women who have faced that separation from God because of their abortion, who have sought God's forgiveness, and he's been so gracious and so generous to offer that forgiveness to all of us who have sinned. And many of these women will talk about not only how damaging abortion was to them, but how healing the forgiveness that they received from Jesus brought them not only to a relationship with God, healing that separation from Him, but also brought them to a psychological healing. In the struggle against abortion, there are many groups that will help women who find themselves in the situation of an unwanted pregnancy. But as Wendy Wright tells us, these women are very often misled. They are not told about the damage abortion causes, nor are they informed about the help and support available to them if they choose to continue their pregnancy. Sadly, many women are are coerced into having an abortion. I just recently heard a young woman that at 18 years old, her mother forced her to have an abortion. But there's also the subtle coercion of not providing full information to the women or presenting the situation as if her life will end if she has a child and she won't be able to finish school and she won't be able to get a job and, and it will ruin her life. By presenting it that way, it's a, it's a form of coercion. And so many women... Uh, desperately need to have full information, accurate information given to them, uh, not only of the physical and the psychological damage that abortion can do and not only of the help that's available to them, that there are people who are willing to help them through the pregnancy, help them find a job and help them have a place to live if that's what they need, but also the kind of help the women really need, and that is to seek God in this difficult circumstance. And Wendy Wright says that even though an unplanned pregnancy may look like the end of the world to some women, God can turn their mistakes into blessings. For many of these women, they weren't intending to get pregnant. But that doesn't mean that this is a curse. In fact, just the opposite. The Bible tells us of how God is the one who creates human life and how he forms us in the womb. In Psalm 139, describing how he formed us, in our mother's wombs, it's such a beautiful description, such a loving fashioning of human beings that that's how God created each one of us. Seeing that, what the Bible has to say about how God created us can help women to know that God is the one who created this life. And if he did that, he has a purpose for this life. And just as creation of life is a miracle, then God can also do miracles to sustain that innocent life that is now dependent on this woman. And so an unplanned pregnancy can actually be an open door for women to see how God loves their child, loves them, and wants to show his provision for them by walking through this difficult time with them. Although abortion may never be a thing of the past, Dr. Wilkie says it is a self-destructing evil. You are in a culture of abortion and sooner or later, enough people see the wreckage, the evil results of what this has done to women, 
to children. And, you know, here is the teenage daughter now who, pregnant, goes to her mother. Her mother says, "Hun, I've never told you, but when I was your age, I got pregnant and I had an abortion. And, honey, I have lived in hell ever since. Don't you make the mistake I did. And there's a lot of that out there. They look at her older sister who had an abortion 10 years ago. And boy, has she mixed up. I'm not going to, I don't want that kind of a thing. So we're seeing that abortion, in a sense, is seeding out its own defeat. That's certainly a factor at this point. The problem is, will it destroy our nation before this kind of thinking catches up with it? As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.